0: so for a whole year Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and through the spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples as each one was able decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off.
1: Welcome to this fourth and final part of our series, It's a New Day. I don't know about you, but September has always been one of my favorite months. Part of the reason is that 35 years ago, on the 14th of September, Karen and I got married. Yes, we really were legally old enough, but September's all, always been a great month for us to celebrate too as a Kingsgate family. 32 years ago we moved from Oxford to Peterborough to start the church and today we're celebrating another wonderful milestone on the journey which is the launch of Kingsgate Cambridge. Now whether it's a 35-year-old marriage or 32-year-old church or even a 10-year-old church, There's something that I believe is often a common characteristic in situations like that. It's that the people involved have something in common, which is a characteristic that I would call loving loyalty, loving loyalty. And I want to say today that in this season we're in, where there's so much disruption and uncertainty so much confusion, so much change. I believe it's important whether we're single or married, whether we're new to Christianity or whether we've been on the journey for years, there's something about holding true that being people of loving loyalty will help us go through this season, as it were, navigate this this situation and come through the other side in good shape. You know, this loyal love is a love that's not fickle. It doesn't go up and down with our feelings. It doesn't quit. It's tenacious. It's committed. It's a love that endures through all seasons and all situations. So what I want to do today as we continue our studies on the church in Antioch in Acts chapter 11 and 13, I want to focus on a particular character, if you like, a central character that we've heard many times through the last three weeks. And I want to zoom in on this character. He appears first several years earlier, in fact, interestingly, around 10 years earlier in the church in Jerusalem. He's held as almost like a pillar and a model disciple. Um, He he was named Joseph. He was a Levite, so he comes from the Jewish establishment. Somehow he gets converted to Christ. And then he's given a nickname uh, by the other believers. He's called Barnabas which means son of encouragement. Now, I don't know what nicknames you've been given over the years. I remember at school, <clears throat> because my name was Smith, I was called Whiff. I'd much rather be called son of encouragement. It's a really great nickname. And what we see here is that Luke upholds this son of encouragement, Barnabas, as a model of loyal love, as a model of somebody who's, who's faithful and steadfast. And it's interesting that he's faithful in the early days of the church. And when God starts doing something new in Antioch, in this new day scenario, it's Barnabas who's chosen to go and, as it were, carry the DNA of this early church in Jerusalem into this new situation in Antioch to be a model and a teacher stirring up a culture of loving loyalty. So there's three things I want us to learn from Barnabas's great example. The first is this. This is the call to you and me. Let's stay lovingly loyal to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is lovingly loyal to us. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 that we love him because he first laid his life down for us and he first loved us. You see, Jesus is utterly committed to you and I. One of the things that's kept me strong in this really really tough season has been on a daily basis I know that I can lean back and receive and experience the loyal love of Jesus and so for my part I want to say Lord I want to reciprocate I want to stay lovingly loyal to you and I believe this is something for all of us it's something that Barnabas modeled and he taught he modeled it in his life We, interestingly, don't know anything about his conversion. We don't have like the equivalent of uh, Saul's Damascus Road experience. We don't know how he comes to Christ and maybe it doesn't really matter because Luke seems to highlight not so much how he came to Christ, but the fact that he's loyally loving in the church in Jerusalem, and then 10 years later, he's still staying faithful to Jesus. We read here uh, the description of him as as a good man, a good man, I love that, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And likewise, when he comes to Antioch and he sees these new Christians and he uh, sees the grace of God at work in their lives, it says he was glad and he encouraged them all, there's the encouragement, he encourages them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. We could say this loyally loving man encourages these new believers, stay lovingly loyal to Jesus. And I believe the Holy Spirit would say that to all of us today, whether we like Barnabas have been on the journey for years or whether we are fairly new to the faith. Let's stay lovingly loyal to Jesus. He comes, he sees the grace of God. We heard a a wonderful teaching on the grace of God last week. But he doesn't, um, as it were, just leave it there. He doesn't just rejoice in the grace of God. He encourages them to remain true. That word remain true could be translated as stay with, to remain firm and steadfast in one's association with someone or something. Remain true with all our hearts, the sense of from the core of our being. What's interesting in this account is that um, Barnabas, um, he brings Saul into the mix and they start teaching these new Christians for a whole year. And what seems evident is that these new Christians, they heeded Barnabas's encouragement because we see that they receive a nickname by the, uh, the, the society around, the pagan society around. They're called Christians. It was actually a nickname. It implies there's something about them They were so devoted to Jesus. They were so seeking to follow Jesus. They were so talking about Jesus and living their lives as followers of Jesus uh, that they were nicknamed Christians. And what what a great um, term that is. Can I encourage us, just as they were faced with a very idolatrous and, you know, hugely sexualized society all around where there was so much going on that was against the gospel. These early Christians, these followers stayed loyally loving to Jesus. They didn't compromise. And can I say in our culture today, let's not be people who just, go, who just go and follow the crowd. Let's not do things just because everybody else is doing it. Let's not just watch what everyone else is watching. Let's not view what other people are watching. Let's conduct our whole lives with a sense of, Lord, we want to honor you, Jesus. We want to follow your word and your spirit. Can I encourage you, wherever you're at, put Jesus first in every decision you make. Put Jesus first at the start of every day. Take time to be with him. Put Jesus first every week. You know, gather together online service. Get into small groups. Pray. Worship, put Jesus first in your, in, your, in your finances. Honor him with the first fruits of all that comes in. And I believe these commitments will help us all stay lovingly true and loyal to Jesus. That's the first thing. Let's stay lovingly uh, loyal to Jesus. And as we do, it doesn't mean we will never falter. It doesn't mean we'll never feel weary. But there's the promise here that we see in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 19. For the eyes of the Lord are ranged throughout the earth, to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So that's the first thing. Let's stay lovingly loyal to Jesus. Secondly, let's stay lovingly loyal to one another. One of the things that um, Karen and I are so grateful is wherever we look, we see hundreds of loyal people, people who stayed loyal to Jesus, but loyal uh, to the family of God. Too many to mention, but... There are some here who hear right from the earliest days. Uh, A few weeks ago, Karen and I went out with good friends, uh, Pete and Perrin Lister. We went for uh, a walk and, and a drink together. And what's interesting about Pete is that 31 years ago, when the only musician in the church was me, playing my tambourine not very well, Pete got seconded from another church in Huntingdon to come and basically um, establish a worship team for us. And he was on secondment for one year. Well, 31 years on, he's still here. He's been involved in all kinds of areas of leadership and worship. He's currently on the welcome team. He's just a great guy, an example of loving loyalty. <clears throat> and of course, while we're talking about Kingsgate, Cambridge today, I- I've got to mention and honour. Simon and Zia Deeks, part of long-standing members of Kingsgate. And when we launched Kingsgate Cambridge, that they said yes to the call of God to go and lead Kingsgate Cambridge. And Barnabas Light, they've they've just done an amazing job. And I wanna celebrate and thank these loyally loving people. But loyal love isn't just about, as it were, staying the course. It's not just a question of longevity. It's a question of a positive attitude that that demonstrates the love of God. And we see this in Barnabas. Three, if you like, characteristics of uh, loyal love to others. Um, He displays encouragement, inclusivity, and generosity. Firstly, let me talk about encouragement. Again, his name was son of encouragement. He comes to Antioch. The first thing he does is he encourages them. And I believe he's a great example to you and I of the importance of encouraging people around us. I've heard it described that encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. You know, we live with so much criticism, so much negativity, so much bad news. When, When we are in a culture and we have people around us and we ourselves are carriers of encouraging words, we build people up. Let's be people who build up and not pull down. Let's use our words, let's be really wise in the way we communicate. Let's be particularly careful in public forums like social media. Let's make sure that we use our words that are edifying and encouraging. Let's like Barnabas, keep encouraging one another um, in Jesus' name. Secondly, Barnabas was somebody who demonstrated inclusivity. He seems to have a particular ability to be flexible and welcoming and embracing of people who weren't like him. And so it's interesting that um, earlier on in the story of Acts, when um, Saul, who was a persecutor of the Christians, comes to Jerusalem, the believers are afraid. They back off, not Barnabas. Barnabas reaches out, he, as it were, includes Saul. He brings him to the apostles. And then here we see in the, uh, the account in Antioch, in Acts chapter 11, when he's looking for another leader, who does Barnabas go and fetch? He goes and brings Saul. And he brings him into the ministry. And I don't know about you, I'm so glad he did because Saul became the apostle Paul. And as they say, the rest is history. <clears throat> Let's be those who don't just gravitate to people like us. Let's embrace people of different background and different personality and different gifting. But also, Barnabas is somebody who models inclusion and inclusivity of people from other cultures. Here he is, somebody who grew up in in the Jewish world. He he grew up in the the Jewish church of um, Jerusalem, the monocultural expression of church there. But now he's picked to be somebody with a particular sensitivity, a particular... Uh, welcoming heart to go into this new day uh, church in Antioch where now the majority of people coming to faith are not Jews they're from a Greek background of another culture and he's able to embrace them too and later on we see he's part of a leadership team in Acts chapter 13 people of different cultures and different social backgrounds too. And I found over these last few months where the spotlight internationally, amongst other things, has been on the whole issue of race and racism. I felt God do a deeper work in my heart. I want to be somebody more than ever in every part of my life that I, that, uh, to be somebody who is inclusive. And to build a church that w- truly welcomes and, and creates an environment where everybody, wherever they come from, can truly feel at home. You know, one of the things that's moved me has been listening to stories uh, of, you know, Kingsgate members uh, and friends from, you know, other churches, pastors from other churches, particularly from a black and Asian um, a, a background, about some of the systematic racism that they experience, some of them on a daily basis. And it's been breaking my heart. And I believe it breaks God's heart too, because you see, God created. Diversity. He's the God of all nations. And just like Barnabas grasped in Antioch, this was a day to celebrate because people from different cultures are coming to Christ. I believe we need to celebrate the gospel to all and we need to partner with the Holy Spirit to help build more than ever Kingsgate as a church that's welcome and inclusive of people no matter where <coughs> they come from. You see, it matters if fellow brothers and sisters in the body of Christ are hurting. The Bible says that if one part suffers, we all suffer. So let's keep on the journey of listening, of empathizing and taking steps to include everybody um, in the embrace of God's love together. Let's Be encouraging, let's be inclusive. And thirdly, let's be generous towards one another. Again, Barnabas is just a brilliant example of this. In fact, it's his generosity that's highlighted right back in Acts chapter four. It looks like he may have been quite wealthy because on one occasion, when there's lots of generosity going on in the church, Barnabas is highlighted as somebody who sells a field, brings the proceeds to the apostles, puts it at their feet, and it's distributed to those in need. And so it's interesting to me that uh, later on in Antioch, where Barnabas is a key leader, when there's this news of an upcoming uh, famine, the believers almost catch this spirit of generosity. They give as they are able and they they, they give to other believers way back in Jerusalem and in Judea. They are a generous people. Chris uh, wonderfully unpacked this whole thing of generosity for us last week. So I just want to say this, generosity includes finance, but it's way more than that. It's about our time. It's about our hospitality. It's about praying for one another. It's about being generous in every area of our lives to other people. And I just want to show um, a short story here of a couple from Kingsgate, Cambridge, who've been recipients of this generosity please watch this
2: so the last 10 years um, or the last eight years for us um, at Kingsgate really has been the same way that the early months have been Uh, I remember in those early months when our son was poorly and some members of Kingsgate would come to our house um, to pray for him And we'd only started attending the church at the time, I think, maybe for about two months thereabouts, or a month, I can't remember now. Um, But um, there would be about three, four, five people, and and they would come around uh, more than once um, to pray for him uh, as he got better and, and, and so on. And we just discovered, we felt like we don't really know these people that much, but somehow it feels, you know, it felt at the time like we really knew them. Um, because they they became a part of our lives. Um, And we found that once we got plugged in, um, especially into Life Group and so on, um, our network just grew from there. Um, And now everyone in our Life Group, it really almost feels like we've known them all our lives. Um, And I think for me, that's really the fantastic thing about Kingsgate, that once you get plugged in, it really feels so close, so family-like that, you know, you, you almost forget that you've only known these people for a little while. It feels like you've known them um, for quite a long while. And for me, it's um, Word and Worship. Um, I think it's been a growth for us in our walk of faith to come into church and experience the diverse ministries being um being reflected being showcased and feeling coming out not just being challenged but also being encouraged in our walk with God mm-hmm. and and that from month to month with the diverse themes and um, in prayer and worship you know many Sundays will come in tired and weary and will just come out uplifted just by being In the presence of God and his people. And that has made a whole world of difference for us. I think that at the core has been for me the highlight of Kinscape.
1: Wasn't that a beautiful picture of a couple? who've been on the receiving end of other people's encouragement and inclusion and generosity and it inspires me and I hope it inspires you too. Let's press on in this new day. Let's loyally love one another like never before. Let's make sure that every single person, wherever they're from, however far out they're coming from, from whatever background or culture, they feel welcomed into the family of God. They experience home uh, in the Father's house in Jesus' name. So let's Stay lovingly loyal to Jesus. Let's stay lovingly loyal to one another. And thirdly, let's stay lovingly loyal to our mission from God. You see, we are a people on a mission. Many of you know that our Kingsgate mission um, is taken really from the Great Commission. We put it into this phrase, transforming lives from our neighborhoods to the nations by the power of God's love. And in this new day, I want to say that the mission is still the same, but because of the circumstance we find ourselves in, the methods are having to change. Uh, This is brought home to me uh, a few weeks ago when I started seeing uh, day after day buses driving around our city still uh, advertising our Easter services from earlier on in the year. Now, a couple of things struck me. First, there was a sense of, you know, a little bit of sadness, like we never got to put those Easter services on in person. But on the other hand, there was a sense of great joy. But in this new day, through online services, we were able to reach approximately three times more people at Easter than we've ever done in our history. And then third and most importantly, what struck me was the message is still the same. God still does love this world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So the mission is the same, the message is the same, but the methods have to change. And so I want to encourage us, let's lean into this new day of an opportunity for the gospel. And this is what we see Barnabas and the early Christians doing. You see, Barnabas was was in the early church in Jerusalem and he was part of that that early um, breakout of the spirit and multitudes coming to Christ in that monocultural context of the Jewish church in Jerusalem. But here he is now in the new day where they've experienced persecution and multitudes of non-Jews are coming to Christ. And he leans into that. He presses into that. And as a result of his ministry, a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And I believe it's important that we recognize that this is a season of challenge, but a season of opportunity for the gospel. Um, uh, Scripture we've been focusing on in this series, Isaiah 43, verse 19. God says, see, I am doing a new thing. This is a new day. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You see, God is doing a new thing. The question, though, is do we perceive it? Let's not be people who sort of like back off and back down from the opportunity. But let's press in now more than ever. And let's reach people with the good news of Jesus like never before. Um, Let's take opportunities that we have. Uh, to reach people through online services. You know, next weekend, got a fantastic opportunity with the start of this Bible series. Why not invite a whole bunch of people from your world to join us online? And then, you know, we've got Alpha Online as well too. So we've got, if you like, local mission to our neighbourhoods. Let's be proactive. Let's, uh, let's be faithful to the mission. Uh, you know, we started out this year with a focus on we wanted a, a year of salvation, Good news, jubilee for people uh, to come to Christ. Uh, The message is the same. The methods may have changed. We are still on a mission together from God. And then as well as locally in our neighbourhoods, we're also called uh, to reach people for Christ and to resource the whole body of Christ beyond Kingsgate 2. What I love about this Antioch um, story <clears throat> is it's actually a scripture that God gave me when we were actually uh, planning for the launch of Kingsgate Cambridge 10 years ago. And it's was as if, you know, as, just as they went into a second city, I almost felt prophetically, as we were launching Cambridge, it was like God was wanting to do something new. And the, the sense of, just like Antioch was, if you like, a springboard For the church to take the gospel beyond that city. So I felt the Lord saying that we were to widen our call to the nation and the nations. And here we are 10 years on. And we are called to this nation and to the nations. Firstly, to establish uh, Kingsgate uh, locations. In this new day, we're going to use more uh, than ever online as one of our kind of key tools in our armory, but the mission mission is still the same. We want to reach more people for Jesus and see the local church vibrant and strong. But as well as uh, ministry within Kingsgate and under the Kingsgate umbrella, as it were, um, God has called us, to resource the whole body of Christ. And so whether it be through equipping leaders through things like learning communities or resources, teaching resources and campaigns like the well-being campaign that we're going to be launching at Christmas into the new day. Together, let's stay faithful to our mission from God. So this is a new day. And in this new day with so much uncertainty and so much disruption, I believe God is calling us to loving loyalty to Jesus. It's like a true north to one another and to our mission from God. But the only reason that we can be lovingly loyal is because Jesus is lovingly loyal to us. He laid his life down for us. He demonstrated loyal love to the uttermost by dying on the cross and rising for us, that we might be born again, become children of God, have a new hope, have a purpose for life and that we can respond in a reciprocal loyal love to him, to one another, and to his mission for our lives. So I want to pray for all of us. Wherever you're at in your homes, you might just want to close your eyes or lift out your hands, whatever you're comfortable with. And whether you know Jesus or not, whether you're new to faith or you've been on the journey for years, whether you feel like you've been on the loyal journey like Barnabas for a long time, or whether you're just starting out, I want to encourage you to open up your heart right now. And so let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you so much for your utterly loyal love to us in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that your love never gives up. It never runs out. It's a love that continues day after day. It's an eternal love. It's going to last for the rest of this life and all the way into eternity and I pray Lord for every single one of us Lord that we might right now open up a heart so why don't you just pray Lord I open up my heart to you I want to receive your loyal love for me for some of you you're feeling wearied you're feeling discouraged the battle of the last six months and the prospect of months ahead has been getting to you I pray right now you might be encouraged and strengthened that the perfect love of God might fill you right now if you don't know Christ, receive Jesus right now. And then may his love cast out all fear and strengthen you in Jesus' name. And as you receive the loyal love of God, why don't you just ask him to do, as it were, heart surgery. Say, Lord, help me now. Strengthen me now. Lord, I want to recipro- reciprocate. I want to stay loyally loving, loyally loving to you. I want to stay loyally loving to the people of God. I want to stay loyally loving to the people around me. I want to stay in an atmosphere and an attitude of loyal love to your mission for my life in Jesus name. Well we're going to continue to worship. We're going to sing that wonderful song Waymaker. Let's celebrate the loyal love of Jesus together.